0: Section 43 of The Complete Poetical Works. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Matthew Bennett. The Complete Poetical Works by Edgar Allan Poe. Section 43 Al-Araf. 1. O, oh, nothing earthly save the ray, Thrown back from flowers of beauty's eye, As in those gardens where the day Springs from the gems of Circassae. O, oh, nothing earthly save the shrill Of melody and woodland rill, Or music of the passion-hearted Joy's voice so peacefully departed, That like the murmur in the shell Its echo dwelleth and will dwell. O, oh, nothing of the dross of ours, Yet all the beauty, all the flowers, that list our love and deck our bowers, adorn yon world, afar, afar the wandering star. T'was a sweet time for Nasaki, for there her world lay lolling on the golden air, near four bright suns, a temporary rest, an oasis in the desert of the blest, away, away mid-seas of rays that roll, Empyrean splendor o'er the unchained soul, the soul that scarce, the billows are so dense, can struggle to its destined eminence. To distant spheres from time to time she rode, in late two hours the favored one of God, but now, the ruler of an anchored realm, she throws aside the scepter, leaves the helm, and, amid incense and high spiritual hymns, laves in quadruple light her angel limbs. Now happiest, loveliest in yon lovely earth, whence sprang the idea of beauty into birth, Falling in wreaths, though many a startled star, Like a woman's hair mid-pearls until afar, It lit on hills Achaean, and there dwelt. She looked into infinity and knelt, Rich clouds for canopies about her curled, Fit emblems of the model of her world, Seen but in beauty, not impeding sight, Of other beauty glittering through the light. A wreath that twined each starry form around, And all the opaled air in color-bound, All hurriedly she knelt upon a bed of flowers, of lilies such as reared the head, on the fair capo ocato, and sprang so eagerly around, about to hang upon the flying footsteps of deep pride, of her who loved a mortal, and so died, the cephalica, budding with young bees, upreared its purple stem around her knees, and flower of trebizond misnamed, Inmate of highest stars, where erst it shamed all other loveliness, its honeyed dew, the fabled nectar that the heathen knew, deliriously sweet was dropped from heaven, and fell on gardens of the unforgiven, in Trebizond, and on a sunny flower, so like its own above that to this hour it still remaineth, torturing the bee with madness and unwonted reverie. In heaven and all its environs, the leaf and blossom of the fairy plant, in grief, disconsolate linger, grief that hangs her head, repenting follies that full long have fled, heaving her white breast to the balmy air, like guilty beauty, chastened, and more fair. Nyctanthes, too, as sacred as the light, she fears to perfume, perfuming the night, and Clydia, pondering between many a sun, while pettish tears adown her petals run. And that aspiring flower that sprang on earth and died, ere scarce exalted into birth, bursting its odorous heart in spirit to wing its way to heaven from garden of a king, and VALISNERIAN lotus thither flown from struggling with the waters of the Rhone, and thy most lovely purple perfume, Zante, Isolidoro, Fior de Levante, and the Nolumbo bud that floats forever with Indian Cupid down the holy river fair flowers and fairy, to whose care is given, to bear the goddess's song and odors up to heaven. Spirit, that dwellest where in the deep sky the terrible and fair in beauty vie, beyond the line of blue the boundary of the star, which turneth at the view of thy barrier and thy bar, of the barrier overgone, by the comets who were cast from their pride and from their throne to be drudges till the last, to be carriers of fire, the red fire of their heart, with speed that may not tire, and with pain that shall not part, who livest, that we know in eternity we feel, but the shadow of whose brow what spirit shall reveal? Though the beings whom thy Nesaki, thy messenger, hath known, have dreamed for thy infinity a model of their own, thy will is done, O God, The star hath ridden high through many a tempest, But she rode beneath thy burning eye, And here, in thought to thee, In thought that can alone ascend thy empire, And so be a partner of thy throne. By winged fantasy my embassy is given, Till secrecy shall knowledge be in the environs of heaven. She ceased, and buried then there her burning cheek, abashed amid the lilies there, To seek a shelter from the fervor of his eye, for the stars trembled at the deity. She stirred not, breathed not, for a voice was there, how solemnly pervading the calm air, a sound of silence on the startled ear, which dreamy poets name the music of the sphere, ours as a world of words, quiet we call silence, which is the merest word of all. All nature speaks, and even ideal things flap shadowy sounds from the visionary wings, but ah, Not so when thus, in realms on high, The eternal voice of God is passing by, And the red winds are withering in the sky. What though in worlds which sightless cycles run, linked to a little system and one sun, Where all my love is folly and the crowd, Still think my terrors but the thunder-cloud, The storm, the earthquake, and the ocean-wrath, Ah, will they cross me in my angrier path? What though in worlds which Own a single sun, the sands of time grow dimmer as they run. Yet thine is my resplendency, so given to bear my secrets through the upper heaven. Leave tenantless thy crystal home and fly, with all thy train athwart the moony sky. apart like fireflies in Sicilian night, and wing to other worlds another light. Divulge the secrets of thy embassy to the proud orbs that twinkle, and so be to every heart a barrier and a ban, Lest the stars totter in the guilt of man. Up rose the maiden and the yellow night, The single-mooned eve, on earth we plight Our faith to one love and one moon adore, The birthplace of young beauty had no more, As sprang that yellow star from downy hours, Uprose the maiden from her shrine of flowers, And bent o'er sheeny mountains and dim plain her way, But left not yet her Theresean reign. 2. High on a mountain of enameled head, Such as the drowsy shepherd on his bed, Of giant pasturage lying at his ease, Raising his heavy eyelid, starts and sees, With many a muttered, hope to be forgiven, What time the moon is quadrated in heaven, of rosy head that towering far away, Into the sunlit ether caught the ray of sunken suns At eve, at noon of night, While the moon danced with the fair stranger light, Upreared upon such height arose a pile Of gorgeous columns on the unburthened air, Flashing from parian marble that twin smile, Far down upon the wave that sparkled there, And nursled the young mountain in its lair. Of molten stars their pavement such as fall through the ebon air, Besilvering the pall of their own disillusion while they die, Adorning then the dwellings of the sky, A dome, by linked light from heaven let down, Sat gently on these columns as a crown, A window of one circular diamond there, Looked out above into the purple air, And rays from God shot down that meteor chain, And hallowed all the beauty twice again, Save when, between the Empyrean and that ring, Some eager spirit flapped his dusky wing, But on the pillars seraph eyes have seen The dimness of this world, that grayish green That nature loves the best for beauty's grave, Lurked in each cornice, round each architrave, And every sculptured cherub thereabout, That from his marble dwelling peered out, Seemed earthly in the shadow of his niche, Achaean statues in a world so rich, Freezes from Tadmor and Perseopolis, From Baalbek in the stilly clear abyss Of beautiful Gomorrah. Oh, the wave is now upon thee, But too late to save, Sound loves to revel in a summer night, Witness the murmur of the grey twilight That stole upon the ear in Iraco Of many a wild star-gazer long ago, That stealeth ever on the ear of him, who, musing, gazeth on the distance dim, And sees the darkness coming as a cloud? Is not its form, its voice, most palpable and loud? But what is this? It cometh, and it brings a music with it. Tis the rush of wings, a pause, And then a sweeping, falling strain. And Asaki is in her halls again. From the wild energy of wanton haste, Her cheeks were flushing and her lips apart. The zone that clung around her gentle waist had burst beneath the heaving of her heart. Within the center of that hall to breathe she paused and panted, Xanthi, all beneath the fairy light that kissed her golden hair, and longed to rest, yet could but sparkle there. Young flowers were whispering in melody, to happy flowers that night, and tree to tree, Fountains were gushing music as they fell, And many a starlit grove, or moonlight dell. Yet silence came upon material things, Fair flowers, bright waterfalls, and angel wings, And sound alone that from the spirit sprang, Bore burthen to the charm the maiden sang, Neath bluebell or streamer, or tufted wild spray, That keeps from the dreamer the moonbeam away, Bright beings that ponder with half closing eyes on the stars which your wonder hath drawn from the skies, till they glance through the shade and come down to your brow, like eyes of the maiden who calls on you now, arise from your dreaming and violet bowers, to duty beseeming these star litten hours, and shake from your tresses encumbered with dew the breath of those kisses that cumber them too. Oh, how without you, love, could angels be blest! those kisses of true love that lulled ye to rest. Up, shake from your wing each hindering thing, the dew of the night it would weigh down your flight, and true love caresses, oh, leave them apart, they are light on the tresses, but lead on the heart. Lygia, Lygia, my beautiful one, whose harshest idea will to melody run, oh, is it thy will on the breezes to toss, Or capriciously still, like the lone albatross, Incumbent on night, as she on the air, To keep watch with delight on the harmony there. Lygia, wherever thy image may be, No magic shall sever thy music from thee. Thou hast bound many eyes in a dreamy sleep, But the strains still arise which thy vigilance keep. The sound of rain which leaps down to the flower And dances again in the rhythm of the shower, The murmur that springs from the growing of grass Are the music of things, but are modeled, alas. Away then, my dearest, O heed thee away, To springs that lie clearest beneath the moon-ray, To lone lake that smiles in its dream of deep rest, and the many star-isles that enjewel its breast, Where wild flowers creeping, have mingled their shade, On its margin is sleeping, full many a maid, Some have left the cool glade, and have slept with the bee, Arouse them, my maiden, on moorland and lea. Go, breathe on their slumber, all softly in ear, The musical number they slumbered to hear, For what can awaken an angel so soon, Whose sleep hath been taken beneath the cold moon? as the spell which no slumber of witchery may test, the rhythmical number which lulled him to rest. Spirits in wing, and angels to the view, a thousand seraphs burst the empyrean through, young dreams still hovering on their drowsy flight, seraphs in all but knowledge, the keen light that fell refracted through thy bounds afar, O death, From eye of God upon that star, Sweet was that error, sweeter still that death, Sweet was that error, even with us, The breath of science dims the mirror of our joy. To them t'were the simoom, and would destroy, For what to them availeth it to know, That truth is falsehood, or that bliss is woe? Sweet was their death, with them to die was rife, with the last ecstasy of satiate life, beyond that death no immortality, but sleep that pondereth, and is not to be. And there, oh, may my weary spirit dwell apart from heaven's eternity, and yet how far from hell! What guilty spirit, in what shrubbery dim, heard not the stirring summons of that last hymn, but two, they fell, For heaven no grace imparts to those who hear not for their beating hearts. A maiden angel and her seraph lover, O where, and ye may seek the wide skies over, Was love, the blind, near sober duty known, Unguided love hath fallen mid tears of perfect moan. He was a goodly spirit, he who fell, A wanderer by mossy mantled well, a gazer on the lights that shine above, a dreamer in the moonbeam by his love. What wonder, for each star is eye-like there, and looks so sweetly down upon beauty's hair, and they, and every mossy spring were holy to his love-haunted heart and melancholy, the night had found, to him, a night of woe, upon a mountain crag young Angelo. Beetling, it bends athwart the solemn sky, And scowls on starry worlds that down beneath it lie, Here sate he with his love, His dark eye bent with eagle gaze along the firmament, Now turned it upon her, But ever then it trembled to the orb of earth again. Ianthe, dearest see, how dim that ray, How lovely tis to look so far away! She seemed not thus upon that autumn eve, I left her gorgeous halls, nor mourned to leave That eve, that eve I should remember well, The sun-ray dropped in Lemnos with a spell On the arabesque carving of a gilded hall Wherein I sate, and on the draperied wall, And on my eyelids, oh, the heavy light, How drowsily it weighed them into night, On flowers before, and mist, and love they ran, With Persian Sadi and his Gulistan. But, oh, that light, I slumbered, Death, the while, Stole o'er my senses in that lovely isle, So softly that no single silken hair Awoke that slept, Or knew that he was there. The last spot of earth's orb I trod upon Was a proud temple called the Parthenon, More beauty clung around her columned wall Than even thy glowing bosom beats withal. And when old time my wing did disenthrall, THENCE SPRANG I, AS THE EAGLE FROM HIS TOWER, AND YEARS I LEFT SPENT BEHIND ME IN AN HOUR. WHAT TIME UPON HER AIRY BOUNDS I HUNG, ONE HALF THE GARDEN OF HER GLOBE WAS FLUNG, UNROLLING AS A CHART unto MY VIEW, TENANTLESS CITIES OF THE DESERT TOO. ianthe BEAUTY CROWDED ON ME THEN, AND HALF I WISHED TO BE AGAIN OF MEN. MY ANGELO, AND WHY OF THEM TO BE, a brighter dwelling-place is here for thee, And greener fields than in yon world above, And woman's loveliness, and passionate love. But list, Ionthe, when the air so soft, Failed as my pen and spirit leapt aloft, Perhaps my brain grew dizzy, But the world I left so late Was into chaos hurled, Sprang from her station, on the winds apart, And rolled aflame the fiery heaven athwart. Methought, my sweet one, then I ceased to soar and fell, Not swiftly as I rose before, But with a downward, tremulous motion through, Light brazen rays this golden star unto, Not long the measure of my falling hours, For nearest of all stars was a thine to ours. Dread star that came amid a night of mirth, A red didaleon on the timid earth. We came, and to thy earth, But not to us be given Our Lady's bidding to discuss. We came, my love, around, above, below, Gay firefly of the night we come and go, Nor ask a reason save the angel nod, She grants to us as granted by her God. But Angelo, then thine gray time unfurled, Never his fairy wing or fairer world. Dim was its little disk, and angel eyes Alone could see the phantom in the skies, When first al-Araf knew her course to be headlong thitherward o'er the starry sea, but when its glory swelled upon the sky as glowing beauty bust beneath man's eye, we paused before the heritage of men, and thy star trembled, as doth beauty then. Thus in discourse the lovers whiled away the night that waned and waned and brought no day, they fell For heaven to them no hope imparts, who hear not for the beating of their hearts. Footnote 1 A star was discovered by Tycho Brahe, which appeared suddenly in the heavens, attained, in a few days, a brilliancy surpassing that of Jupiter, then, as suddenly, disappeared, and has never been seen since. Footnote 2 On Santa Mara, Olim de Eucalia Footnote three, Sappho. Footnote four, this flower is much noticed by Leeuwenhoek and Tournefort. The bee, feeding upon its blossom, becomes intoxicated. Footnote five, Clitia, the Chrysanthemum Peruvianum, or to employ a better known term, the turnsal, which turns continually towards the sun, covers itself, like Peru, the country from which it comes, WITH DEWY CLOUDS WHICH COOL AND REFRESH ITS FLOWERS DURING THE MOST VIOLENT HEAT OF THE DAY. B. DE ST. PIERRE. FOOTNOTE 6. THERE IS CULTIVATED IN THE KING'S GARDEN AT PARIS A SPECIES OF SERPENTINE ALOE WITHOUT PRICKLES WHOSE LARGE AND BEAUTIFUL FLOWER EXHALES A STRONG ODOR OF THE VANILLA DURING THE TIME OF ITS EXPANSION WHICH IS VERY SHORT. IT DOES NOT BLOW TILL TOWARDS THE MONTH OF JULY you then perceive it gradually open its petals expand them fade and die saint pierre footnote 7 there is found in the rhone a beautiful lily of the vallisnerian kind its stem will stretch to the length of three or four feet thus preserving its head above water in the swellings of the river footnote 8 the hyacinth footnote 9 it is a fiction of the Indians that Cupid was first seen floating in one of these down the river Ganges, and that he still loves the cradle of his childhood. Footnote 10. And golden vials full of odors which are the prayers of the saints. Revelations St. Saint John. Footnote 11. The humanitarians held that God was to be understood as having really a human form. Vide Clark's sermons. The drift of Milton's argument leads him to employ language which would appear, at first sight, to verge upon their doctrine, but it will be seen immediately that he guards himself against the charge of having adopted one of the most ignorant errors of the dark ages of the Church. Dr. Sumner's Notes on Milton's Christian Doctrine. This opinion, in spite of many testimonies to the contrary, could never have been very general. Andeus, a Syrian of Mesopotamia, was condemned for the opinion as heretical. He lived in the beginning of the 4th century. His disciples were called anthropomorphites. Vide Dupin. Among Milton's minor poems are these lines. Dicite sacrorum, prae Namorum nemorum, dese, etc. Quis ille primus cuius, ex imaginae, natura solers, sphinxit humanum genus? Eternus, incorruptus aqua polo, unusque et universus exemplar dei, and afterwards, non qui profundum cae lumen dedit, dir caes augur vidit hung alto, sinu, etc. Footnote 12 Seltzamen tocter jovis, Sinem sioscinde der Fantasie. Goethe Footnote 13 Sightless, too small to be seen. Legge. Footnote fourteen: I have often noticed a peculiar movement of the fireflies. They will collect in a body and fly off from a common centre into innumerable radii. Footnote fifteen: Teresia or Teresia, the island mentioned by Seneca, which in a moment arose from the sea to the eyes of astonished mariners. Footnote sixteen. Some star which, from the ruined roof of shaked Olympus, by mischance did fall. Milton Footnote 17 Voltaire, in speaking of Perseopolis, says, Je connais bien l'armaration que l'insperante ces ruines, Mais un pelé s'érigé au pied d'une chaîne de rochers stériles, Pout-il un chef d'ouvrier des arts? Footnote 18 O oh, the wave! Ula de Goisi is the Turkish appellation, but on its own shores it is called Baliar Loth or Almotana. There were undoubtedly more than two cities engulfed in the Dead Sea. In the valley of Sidim were five Adra, Zeboin, Zoar, Sodom, and Gomorrah. Stephen of Byzantium mentions eight, and Strabo thirteen engulfed, but the last is out of all reason. It is said, Tacitus, Strabo, Josephus, Daniel of St. Saba, Nao, Andrel, Troilo, Darvieu, that, after an excessive drought, the vestiges of columns, walls, etc., are seen above the surface. At any season, such remains may be discovered by looking down into the transparent lake, and at such distance as would argue the existence of many settlements in the space now usurped by the asphaltites footnote nineteen iraco chaldea footnote twenty i have often thought i could distinctly hear the sound of the darkness as it stole over the horizon footnote twenty one fairies use flowers for their charactery. merry wives of windsor footnote twenty two in scripture is this passage The sun shall not harm thee by day, nor the moon by night. It is perhaps not generally known that the moon, in Egypt, has the effect of producing blindness to those who sleep with the face exposed to its rays, to which circumstances the passage evidently alludes. Footnote 23. The albatross is said to sleep on the wing. Footnote 24. I met with this idea in an old English tale, which I am now unable to obtain and quote from memory. The very essence, and, as it were, spring aheaded and origine of all musique is the very pleasant sound which the trees of the forest do make when they grow. Footnote 25. The wild bee will not sleep in the shade if there be moonlight. The rhyme in the verse, as in one about sixty lines before, has an appearance of affectation. It is, however, imitated from Sir W. Scott, or rather from Claude Halcrow, in whose mouth I admired its effect. Oh, were there an island, though ever so wild, where woman might smile, and no man be beguiled. Footnote 26. With the Arabians there is a medium between heaven and hell, where men suffer no punishment, but yet do not attain that tranquil and even happiness which they suppose to be characteristic of heavenly enjoyment. Uno rompido sueño, un día puro, alegre, libre, quiera, libre de amor, de zelo, de odio, de esperanza, de rezelo. Luis Ponce de León Sorrow is not excluded from al but it is that sorrow which the living love to cherish for the dead and which, in some minds, resembles the delirium of opium. The passionate excitement of love and the buoyancy of spirit attendant upon intoxication are less its holy pleasures, the price of which, to those souls who make choice of al araf as their residence after life, is final death and annihilation. Footnote 27. There be tears of perfect moan wept for thee in Helicon. Milton. Footnote 28. It was entire in 1687, the most elevated spot in Athens. Footnote 29. Shadowing more beauty in their airy brows than have the white breasts of the Queen of Love. Marlowe. Footnote 30. Pennon for Pinion. Milton. End of section 43.